welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. My name is Tommy Dasolo. Thank you very much for joining us. Sitting opposite me, the other half of the program, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Um, it's been a while since we've had a bit of mailbag. Got oh, yeah. mailbag here yeah, for us. Good. Um, subject, friend of the show from Chris R. To Tommy and Carl. I am 13 and I'm trying to get my friends on board. I go <laughs> hey, around... this, is, this is way older than the <laughs> usual demo we get. <laughs> I go around school going, hey, mate, and see you, mate. Recently, I went to Maryborough for the HPV race there. Oh. And Maryborough... Hang on, HPV race? I'm That's... guessing... What's that? Is that a sponsor? I, of, I don't know. I, I'm I know... guessing some kind of cars. Yeah, I know what it is. I think it would be the energy breakthrough, wouldn't it? I, I've got no idea. Do you remember energy... when you asked me if I knew and I yeah, said yeah. no? <laughs> the energy breakthrough is a thing that's famous in Maryborough for, like... You know those, those idiots that you see driving along the side of the road on their backs in solar-powered stupid mobiles, you know those oh, things? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like you go there to Maribor one year and they just do that for 24 hours, which is the wrong place to yeah, do it. Yeah, I was going to say. On a Saturday night because then everyone comes out of the bullet mouth at 1am and goes, Ah, oh, you dickhead! And throws rocks at kids that are driving solar-powered bikes. Comes out of the bullet mouth. The bull and mouth. The bull and you mouth. You know, in the in High Street. Oh, I thought I thought it was the bullet mouth, as in, no. like, that's just what you want to do to yourself. Because you're in Maryborough. Um, so, yeah, let it goes on. Uh, uh, went to Maryborough for the HPV race there. And Maryborough is not that bad. Admittedly, there were a lot of drunk and homeless-looking people. <laughs> now, I like that he said homeless-looking yeah. when we, based on everything we've talked about Maryborough on the show, yeah. we can probably just presume homeless. Yeah. No, I think... I think- I don't know if there'd be many homeless people there, but people do look homeless. It's right. just not a great grade of people. <laughs> right. yeah. So there's no there's no line. So in a lot of ways, Maryborough is very progressive. Yeah. There's no 1% in Maryborough. If you're you know homeless I mean? here in Melbourne, get on the V-line. <laughs> They'll give you a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a 13-year-old kid riding into us. I think that's probably the youngest uh, yeah. the youngest friend of the show we've ever had, yeah. uh, we've ever had ride in. I'm impressed by someone... Like going to Maryborough, thinking maybe it's like the Dum Dum reality tour. Yeah, because he doesn't say he doesn't say whether he went there specifically yeah. because of this. Yeah. Or whether is it likely that a thirteen-year-old kid would be into the HPV race? Yeah, if that's what is I it think a big it is. Thing? If it's the energy breakthrough, it's one of those things where you know a school will be training for it during the year, and then they'll send. Because I remember there being like I can see why you think it's the energy breakthrough, given that it's got a completely different name to what he said. No, but maybe that's the new thing. I mean, I'm talking about that was when I was in school fifteen okay. years ago. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, your private schools will build up this whole thing and they'll come up on this big bus and it's just, you know, kids from Maribor Tech School are just on a skateboard <laughs> pushing themselves with their oh, legs around in the middle of the, in the oh, night. Oh, we've got to, we've, we've, I know we say this so regularly, we've got to go to Maribor and do the episode down yep, there. Yep. If, if only to just do a good recording in the bullet mouth. Yeah. Uh, the bullet mouth. <laughs> Live club. at the bullet mouth. Live at the bullet mouth. <laughs> Little Dum Dum Club. All right, today on the show, we, uh, you may know him from uh, Triple M or Triple J, we are recording this episode in his shed. Uh, you may also know him as one of the hosts of TV's The White Room. Please welcome into the little <laughs> dum-dum club, Tony Moclair. Yay! Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here in my own house. <laughs> this is a new thing. This is the first time we've ever done a show at a guest's house. Yeah, well... Um... 
As we talked about last episode, there's a good reason for that. We've been kicked out of our uh, palatial studio at a, mm. at, a, at a place that you've done a lot of uh, yes, work at. I've also you, been you kicked know. out of Triple M. So yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think we named where it was, but anyway. Um, we can edit that out later, yeah. I'm sure. Why? There's nothing to lose now. Yeah. No, no, you're, <laughs> right. you're right. <laughs> they could kick us out of Tony Moclair's shed somehow. <laughs> they try, trust me. Try. Um, um, but, the, you know, we were saying last week, you know, this is a bad thing that we've been kicked out of the studio. And, you know, last week it was we were just doing it at your house. I had to get up early and battle traffic to get there. But, I mean, this week, yep. you know, we've gotten here early. Tony's put lunch on yep. for us. Yep. Yeah. Maybe this isn't going to be such a bad thing. We're in the shadow of Dave O'Neill's comedy funhouse <laughs> over the road. <laughs> yeah. We're within spitting distance, appropriately enough. Yep. Um, so if you want to find out where Tony Moclair lives, go to the funhouse, yeah. yes. spit, and then yeah. wherever yeah. it lands, that's Just Tony's find house. find a shed. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't be the first person to spit on me or my house. So, <laughs> yes. That's, and, look, uh, it's delighted to be, I'm delighted to be on a show uh, hosted by two people who meet 13-year-olds through the internet. <laughs> there's, there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with that. Can I, can I just make a confession? I actually love under, undercover policemen. I love their work. I love everything they do. So I go on chat rooms and uh, I try to meet undercover policemen. <laughs> Imagine how annoyed I was when one actually agreed to meet me in a shopping centre and turned out to be a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> it's just really, it's really depressing. But anyway, it's lovely to have you here, guys. Maryborough, I have a Maryborough connection Yeah, car. awesome, yes. My mother lives there. Really? Has lived there for about 10 years. Why? In, in the place that you were, well, yeah, we'll get to that Does later. Does she look homeless? <laughs> she, um, no. She Is a, she a solar-powered bike? <laughs> no, no, she lives... Uh, Does she have a bullet mouth? She, well, I don't think she's ever been there because she's a non-drinker, but that, yeah. as you know, the, the Maryborough Police being uh, the efficient lot that they are, that doesn't stop them breath-testing possibly the only teetotal woman in Maryborough. Oh. She gets breath-tested about five times a year. Oh, it's amazing. Really? She lives in Tymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah. Which is spelled Timor. Yes. Yeah. And uh, like its namesake to our north is as depressing and impoverished. <laughs> That's the funny thing because, like, Maribor is this thing. It's like, uh, it's like, what, do you, what would you say, like a planet that has a lot of moons? It has a lot of, yeah. like, little, little, yeah. tiny little suburbs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Planet Maryborough and uh, uh, Time War is one of them, but they all tend to be mispronounced. Like they're all, they've all got a name that's then mispronounced by everyone that comes in, and we all go, "Duh, it's not Time War, it's Time War." It's like, no, well, everyone else is actually right, not us. Yeah. yeah. Like, how could you not know the name of a place where twelve people live? Yeah. There's about four buildings there, but that's enough to give it two names. It's yeah. Time War Bowenvale. Oh yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. How grand is that? Yeah. So she's not even in Maribor. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, she wouldn't be telling anyone she lives in Maribor. She'd rather say Tymor because that has no negative slurs attached to it, whereas Maribor has plenty. Can I? One of the hairiest moments I ever had. We the the house you're in at the moment. We we bought this, or we got the mortgage on it uh, about ten years ago. And when visiting mum, that was settlement day. So I I had to take out about thirty thousand dollars in cash from one bank at one end of High Street and then walk it to our bank on the other end of High Street in Maryborough. Oh, really? You have not. Like, the most puckered sphincter in history. <laughs> doing now, was that, that one of the pubs there? Yeah. In Maryborough yeah. with a very large amount of cash. Yeah, on Dolby. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's a... It, I think I was, to this day, possibly... I, I was the Bill Gates of Maryborough. I was <laughs> yeah, the yeah. man that has ever lived or walked yep. down that street. Because it's not... There's not rivers of gold up there. Yeah. For no. me, there's just not. I think I've told this... <laughs> I, I think I may have told this on the show before. I was in Ballarat visiting a friend, uh, like, about a year and a half ago now. 
and we're walking down the street. It was sort of like, uh, I think it was like a late Saturday afternoon, and there's a car full of guys pulled up out the front of the Commonwealth Bank, out yeah. the front of an ATM, and one guy there checking his bank balance and getting some money out. <laughs> and he, he sees what's on the screen. He turns around to his mates in the car and goes, Hey, boys, I've got 100 bucks more in the bank than I thought I did. <laughs> and one of them leans out the window and goes, Let's go to Geelong! <laughs> Like that's the that's the golden ticket. It's yeah. like hundred hundred bucks. You sure he didn't say let's buy Geelong? Yeah. <laughs> like, aren't you closer to Melbourne? Like, what are you doing? Oh no, they're too big, and we're too big and sophisticated. That's the the vibe. Yeah, yeah. From there. I like Geelong because it's you know kind of a bit more down home, and yeah, it's a. Uh... It's it's an interesting place. So where Mum lives, it's kind of surrounded by gold mines, exhausted yeah. gold mines. Yeah. And we've never found a single thing. No, no, not, you wouldn't. Not a single nugget. Yeah, you wouldn't find anything Nothing. anywhere in that area, no, gold or uh, anything. Yeah. No, you don't really. Well, it's funny. We do talk a lot about Maribor on, on the show and, and whatever, and I, uh, I think this is an uh, uh, appropriate link to this. Because we, we just came back from L.A. I mean, Tommy, we're in L.A. Yes, and well done on the podcast over there on the, the Thank you. on your live performance. Thank yeah. you. Um, and we did we did a bunch of gigs and whatever. One of the shows we did was an, an imp- improv show. Mm. We call it imp- Do we call it improv or impro? They call it improv. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I think it's just it's, you call it Right, the whatever same. it is. But what I liked is we did this thing and we did this show where it was like uh, we hosted the show and what how it worked was we would walk out and the audience would yell out a random word at us yeah and then we'd have to improv from there and find up a story that we had like if they said cat we'd go oh I got a funny story about the cat that I had when I was a kid and then whatever and then but if you didn't have a funny story about the cat you would go cat cat cat's like a dog dog um, I saw a dog down the street the other day and blah 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 and whatever. where do you go. So our first one was someone yelled out hat, and I get pilloried on this show for not being maybe the best at improv. <laughs> yes. But I, I think the other half of the show it was his shining hour at this time because someone mm-hmm. yelled out the word hat, and I went hat, oh hat, what have I got? And he went hat, hat. Well, a lot of you know when you think of a crazy person, they all wear hats, don't they? <laughs> Well, Carl, you've got all these stories about crazy people in Maribor. What about Sunshine Johnson? I'm like, hang on a minute. When do you think of hats with crazy people? I can't think of any crazy person that ever worn a hat. You're trying to make out in this story like I'm worse at impro than you, and by your own admission, you're standing there going, um, um, what do I have? Um, well, I was, I was just about to come up with something great, to be fair, <laughs> until you segued something but from the other was, side of the world. Because I knew that, you know, those stories would go down great in front of an audience, and I thought, given that we're at the mercy of what people are yelling out, I thought this might be the only opportunity. And then, as it turned out, all the other words that came up, we actually had heaps of clear opportunities for Mary Burris. Well, what was funny, I think at half time we came back on and you said to me, with another impro player, you were like, oh, this is great. All you have to do is get a word and then just jam something else in. And the guy's like, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, though, because we got to see uh, some great Matt Besser, friend of the show. Acting out some Sunshine Johnson stories yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. A lot good. of people, I think everything ended up coming back to Sunshine Johnson and Matt Besser was like, are you trying out a, a new Sunshine Johnson <laughs> hour? Like, what's happening? But yeah, so a lot of people in, in LA know about Sunshine Johnson now, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a relief. Uh, what's not a relief is you think, what, a hat is a signifier of a crazy person. No, that's what he no, thinks. Right. Yeah. Well, right. I don't and think it's, I mean, of you are wearing we hats, are both so wearing hats right now. <laughs> But also, like, I still think, you know, you think, you see a lot of crazy homeless people in the street wearing hats, you know, it's a... Do you? It's, I do. 
Okay, I wouldn't right. say it's exclusively the domain of the crazy, but they're certainly, you know, they're fond of it. They I, do I'm going to go out there and say a lot of different people wear hats. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. I'm, yeah. But then even, I, but even yeah. taking that into account, I'm still not wrong in what you're saying. <laughs> okay. I See, I'd be with Carl on this. I think hat wearers are a broad shirt. <laughs> uh, you'll find them at both ends of the mental spectrum. Yeah. yeah. I, I never said exclusively mental people would have really, said that. He really doesn't want to lose this one. No, yeah, no, I know. No. I know. But I'm what thinking we, my what heels we in. could do, if, if you want to go from where we are now, here's another clue to where this house is, Tommy. Um, <laughs> about a 15 minute walk from here is the Tom Link, Thomas Embling mm. facility. Oh, yep. It is a uh, psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. Right. And uh, it's got walls of about four metres high. We, Carl and I are more than happy to boost you on Yeah, and, wearing my hat and yeah. see if they just go, get back in your cage. Exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. welcome back. Well, here's something uh, very quickly that, that's linking into what we're talking about. I've picked up an old notebook just to make notes of what we we're going to talk about today and whatever, and I haven't used this notebook forever, but... Um, I opened it, and the one page that had writing in it up the front, and, and this is this is a classic comedian thing of just writing down notes of a joke or an idea that you've yeah. had, whatever it is. I've just picked this up, and you can you can tell me what that says there, Tommy, if you'd like. Uh, Clark Gable could hate being retarded. Could have been retarded. Could have been retarded. Oh, Clark Gable could gosh. have been retarded, hey? Because he wore a hat. <laughs> <laughs> but he could have, I mean, it works both ways. Clark Gable could hate being retarded. Okay. Yeah. You know, if he was, if he woke up and was retarded. Yeah. So I've got two angles on that bit, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Okay. I mean, I've, I've stretched it out for yeah. you. Yeah. You know? but, you test, but you test like he could have been, and then if that goes well... Then you tack a bit of right. him hating being retarded right. onto the end of it. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm just fascinated as to what that could have been. Do you reckon that's a bit of like 1am? Like you've woken yeah. up with a thought yeah. like, oh, I've yeah. got to sketch that down. Yeah. yeah, what if, what if, hey, great sketch, 2am in the morning, I'll, I'll write this the next day. What if Gone With The Wind was like, <laughs> frankly, my dear, I don't give oh, a damn. God. Oh, you did the face yes. as well. <laughs> oh, Lord almighty. Um, Tony, you're, a, you're a quite a, a prolific uh, writer of comedy. What if you... If you were given that note, if you were in a if you were in a meeting, yeah. you got given that note. Clark Gable could have been retarded. Bre- breakfast radio. Yeah, breakfast radio. What's your what's your angle? I, th- I think Carl's just nailed the breakfast <laughs> angle. And it's got to be as insensitive as possible. Um, uh, go. Uh, would you try and Would you have tried to get Eddie McGuire on the hot breakfast? Would you have talked him into doing the retarded voice? No, there was uh, it was too hard to really talk him into anything because that would, uh, there'd be a constituency out there who who would be offended by that and uh, so surely they not they wouldn't surely not. That high quality bit. No, it was, no, you're right. That was yeah. That was probably too guilt edged for, for Triple M and the hot break. It was better to talk about football ad nauseum. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what people would prefer to hear about. Yeah, because that's all people live for apparently. And look, I'm a football fan, you know, but uh, it has its limits. Not ad nauseum. Not ad nauseum. Yeah, there was a lot of talk on the show about that. Uh, let, I, I want to quickly say this. So we are we are of course doing this in uh, in in Tony Mokler's house. We just had uh, lunch in your living room. Your children yes. were around, and I I did pay particular attention to Carl Chandler's behaviour in your living room, surrounded yes. by surrounded by children. Yes, I think he clocked up five f bombs. Was my count? Oh, I really did. Children I sitting near you, and just. Needlessly too. You're going. Yeah, I'll have a bit more cheese in my fucking sandwich. Just no. Not, I didn't. Swearing, you, we're swearing. Yeah. Did not need to be said. Also, in the presence of a woman, my wife. I had a good mind to put my Clark Gable hat and ask you to step outside for a jewel. To be to be fair, I did stand up and look around and think. Oh, were those kids there the whole time? Because yeah. I did yeah. not. 
I did not realise that. He, uh, that's all right. He, being the six-year-old, dropped his first one the other day. Oh, really? He is, and we are... Well, he'll be dropping a lot more after well, today. Well, no, you're off the hook, Uncle Carl. Uh, after Professor Daddy, Chandler. Well, yeah. we, we are quite liberal with that word. Uh, so any fantasy we had about being good parents, right. my child will never watch TV, my child will never eat ice cream, my child will never swear... All ticked off the list. Oh, really? It's all happened, so don't worry about it. Well, next it. thing tomorrow, you're going to get up and your kid's going to be doing retarded Clark Gable. And retarded Vivian Lee impressions. <laughs> I, I used, when we were stuck in traffic when he was about three, year, three years old, I've never admitted this to anybody, I used to make him laugh by doing a demented Arab. Okay? Like, <laughs> he was in the seat, I'd just do. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Is it, this is still Eddie Maguire we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, strange enough, the show had a very small Arabic-speaking audience. <laughs> <laughs> going, going to the right places, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, look, you you haven't polluted his mind, Carl. Although I, I will tell you a story I did hear on Triple M when I was hosting Drive many years ago, and it was about your. I think it was your child's for times your children have sworn. And Triple M, to our overseas listeners and interstate listeners or, or whatever it is, it's uh, probably the most popular radio station in town, isn't it? It's the, it's no, the it's rock, rock station. It's the rock station. station. It's yeah. the rock and football. It's the, very, it's the real bloke, I guess, yeah. blokey kind yeah, of yeah, station yeah, yeah. in yeah. town. Yeah. So, which would explain why we got this particular call. Um, uh, now, am I clear to use the C word here? Um, please. No, okay. hey, if it's... I, I will request your kids to be brought in first. <laughs> 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 all right, that's that's one they haven't heard. So, Uncle Carl, that's all yours. Yeah. Well, it's, to be clear, the that. C word is Clark Gable as yeah. a retard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, th- this guy was saying with his story, uh, he he said, "Look, I've had a very checkered past, and um, I was in court uh, for sentencing after some armed robberies, and my wife was there with our three-year-old son, who had never spoken a word to that particular point, and uh, the judge let me have it." And the gavel came down and I was sentenced to six years in prison. There was silence in the courtroom that was broken by his son just saying, Can't! (laughs) (laughs) He swears it was a true story. Wow. Look, I figure if you're doing armed robberies, it's more than likely you'd have a son that would use that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And is that why you don't do drive on Triple M anymore because a C word got through on your call that you were taking and you didn't hit the dump button in time? No, that did actually get through once when I was doing a show. Well, I was doing drive on Triple M with Jules, who's now doing drive again on Triple M. Mm-hmm. We were doing breakfast on Triple M many years ago and he was he was doing a panel. He was uh, distracted by something and he was back announcing a Neil Young song, Big Country. Not all of the word came out, though. Oh, uh, no. Nothing happened. Nothing no. happened. But no, there are... Uh, the, I mean, the dump button is an interesting thing because you need to kind of be on it, obviously. There's that six, six or seven uh, second delay. Mm. Uh, yeah, we had Tommy Lee storm out of the studio once. Oh. That was... Uh, you know, had, oh, that's, a, that's a story. Tommy Lee had come... He was... Uh, Tommy we Lee, drummer of uh, Motley Crue? Well, no. Tommy Lee, the rapper from Methods of Mayhem. Oh. <laughs> you don't remember? Oh, right. Methods of Mayhem? Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, he was... He'd come... The only place he'd got an interview, basically, was Triple M, because... Uh, because we played a lot of uh, the band he was in. 
Right. And you will help me with that band. Yeah. Uh, that band... Motley Crue. Motley Crue, thank yeah. you. <laughs> and and you, had a, you had a steering wheel that he could press his penis on? As... <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he was up the studio in Sydney, but we were in Melbourne, and his knob end still managed to poke in to the studio door. So I'm saying it's impressive, all right, having been close to it. So he was... Uh, he came on, he, he talked about the interview. The interview was very boring, very boring, because he didn't want to talk about Molly Crew. So we, we then went to Kickstart My Heart, and he pushed a button down the line from the studio in Sydney and said, guys, I'm not here to talk about crew, you know. I'm just here to talk about methods of mayhem. Oh, man. And so we thought, okay, we've got uh, kind of whining talent, and, and this isn't going to go good. So we came back for the second break, and we talked a bit more about his album, and uh, he wasn't giving us anything. And he, he, uh, Jules asked him about the, uh, the song called Anger Management and how he wrote that. And he said, oh, I think I wrote that when I was in prison. And I don't know what came over me. But I said, are you possibly angry because Pammy got the implants taken out? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a pause. And uh, our mate Adam Rosenbach, who was paneling, didn't hit the dump button. Uh, we, got to, we got to hear uh, Tommy swear liberally on air. Oh, wow. And uh, storm out of the studio. I've got a question, um, and I don't know this, this is a genuine question, yeah. but um, we, do, we do a lot of comprehensive research on this show, Wikipedia, yes. and oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, no, and great. IMDb. And IMDb, oh, okay. right. And okay. some of Tony Martin's finest work. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, I heard he did my wiki page, but I'm not sure. I looked was... it up, and there was all this you know, new recent stuff. I'm like, there's only one person that would have known. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're writing on the new, um, what's it called, uh, Tractor Monkeys. Yes. That's all up there. Yeah. Um, so, what you know, it's all well, stuff Well, he would that... know that because he went... Nicky Hamilton, whose who's third double-barrelled, or the double-barrel name I can never remember. I always remember as Corn, Nicky Cornwall. Hamilton. That's it. Yeah. She... Um, Producer on the yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. She was booking talent on the show. So she went out to lunch with Tony, um, and I walked past them. So that's how Tony was, <laughs> was wise to that jig. But I'd... And I think he, can he charge him, that to to uh, IMDb that one <laughs> <laughs> business lunch? I'd, I'd like to see him try. Yeah. Um, he also he directed one episode I've done of Upper Middle Bogan. Yeah, that's I played, on there. Yeah, good. I play a doctor on that. Um, right down to the tide jumper over my shoulders. Thank yeah. you. Right. Very so, good. Yes. Actually, he's outside this shed oh. on his laptop, updating right now, putting the little <laughs> Dum Dum Club on your IMDb. <laughs> So yes, he knows he knows all and he sees all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, on your Wikipedia page, it says uh, uh, Tony Moclair, Tony Kelly. Yes, your real name. So this is a yes. stage name. Well, not a really. It's I took my mother's maiden name. Right. I did that about twenty years ago, I think. What am I now? Forty-three years. Well, always, always yeah. very happy to hear about fake stage names because Tommy Daslow. Yeah. First time this has been brought up on the show. Really? Not his real name. Uh, Tommy Daslow. Yeah. 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 So you've both gone with the ethnic... Yeah, the ethnic... Yes, the ethnic tinge. Uh, well, no, it's kind of, kind of French... Uh, That's ethnic. I've been told, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not smelly ethnic. <laughs> Come on. Come on, let's... All right, what okay, an outrageous that is. Yeah, What's don't wreck it. Don't wreck it. podcast. Oh, We've been so talking so about boring. Why do you always bring yeah. this up? It's so boring. The There's no good it. answer. 
It is not good content for the show. There's nothing oh, to it. Oh, he's right. There's Storm out. Yeah. We can have yes. a Storm out. Yes. Go propose to your girlfriend, you uh, fucking <laughs> asshole. No, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm keen. So, Tony Kelly, but you've gone Tony the... Kelly, yeah. Uh, I did it. My mother reverted to her name, and uh, brother and a sister did as well. Right. And uh, let's see, why did I do it? There's a whole bunch of reasons. I think it was mainly, I felt at the time mainly because it was mum who'd brought us up, which is probably not strictly, uh, strictly speaking, true. Well, I mean, dad died when I was 13, so I thought, well, I don't, I kind of, I felt that I owed more to mum than dad about uh, my upbringing. So there was that. There's probably a bit of show business there as well. I thought it's a kind of... That's what um, I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a bit more... Uh, not as mundane as Kelly. Um, it's quite an extreme thing to do, I think. I yeah. don't know if I, if I had the time all over again whether or not I'd do it. So you, yours is like you've legally changed legally it to that? Yeah, right. yeah, and the kids have it as well. Right. So, yeah. Hang on, Tony Mokler's not just another one of your crazy characters oh, and they're waiting geez, for Tony well, Kelly to come out. Yeah, no, no, there's a cupboard full of those, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> they all wear hats. No, definitely not, no. Yeah. He he was a he's a, a dark mysterious character from the past. <laughs> oh, I'm just fascinated with the whole idea of the station. We just can't get enough of it. So from a bloke who let's redress this came very close at his first gig to going by either Charlie Chuckles yep. or Charlie Sir lot Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sir laugh a lot to be fair. Sir, sorry, yeah. Sir laughs a lot. Yeah. Laugh a lot or laughs a lot? Laugh a lot. Just one laugh. Yeah. Just but a lot of one laugh. Yeah. A lot of you you, you laugh a lot. Terrible you, grammar, well you laugh a lot. You don't laugh a lot. <laughs> Think about it. God. <laughs> You would, Is that your opener? You weren't even going to wait till the Queen's birthday honours were announced before you know <laughs> The arrogance of that is unbelievable. I but for services yeah. too, laughing a lot. <laughs> yeah. his, his very first gig, an, a five-minute set at Raw Comedy. Yeah. Imagine seeing a guy come out either Sir Laugh-A-Lot or... Charlie Chuckles. Have, look, no. that wasn't a 10-year career plan. That was a, <laughs> I'm doing this once, yeah. and this will get me a laugh on the way out, and it, it makes me laugh. So, But I um, wish, I just wish it had gone the other way and you'd done it. Yeah. And you, and you, and you like, if you did it and you felt like you doing well at gigs had something to do with the name. So, like, even now, at the start of this show... Like, I have to... In- and you've yeah. never made fun of Dasselow yeah. because you know that as soon as you do, that's yeah. where the conversation's going, yeah. is towards Mr. Chuckles himself. And not only that, but just that thing of having to own it and just, you know, in everyday life, just going, yes, yeah, still laugh a lot, that's yeah. my name. Yeah. yeah, just on the on the driver's license, just just, <laughs> just so no one thinks that it's some hackneyed uh, showbiz well, name. I'd, I'd, see, I'd love to see you use that name as an oncologist, so you walk into a room and say... <laughs> It's Dr. Sir Laffle. I'm here to treat your bowel cancer. Wait, so, Dr. Sir. Do- yeah, yeah, Dr. Sir or Sir Doctor? Yeah. Well, either. Whichever one you, came you, first. It reminded me of a story of a guy who, who le- would talk name changes, who legally changed his name to, uh, let's say, Lord Tommy Daslight. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he got the Lord put in. And he found that every time, well, not every time, but a lot of the times when he checked into hotels or airlines or that sort of stuff, he got upgraded oh. because people assumed he was yeah. he was noble. Wow. And you would have been a minor lo- nobility, obviously, as Sir Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> he would 
wouldn't have been, you know, kind of the marquee of mirth or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Have been kind of you would have been able to take your armour onto a plane at least. Yeah, you know? yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Chain mail going off in security, yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, there's something to be said for that Sir Laugh a lot. Yeah. But even now that I'm looking at you, I reckon you look more like a Charlie Chuckles than you do like a Carl Chandler. Yeah. I think it actually would suit you more. Someone, I did tell someone backstage that once, and uh, we got uh, there was a backstage mic, like people introducing the next acts and stuff like that. And he thought the mic was off, and midway through a set in front of hundreds of people, someone just went up to the mic and went, "Next up, it's Charlie Chuckles," and then went, "Oh!" And just halfway through someone's set, it just goes, "Charlie Chuckles," and the guy just got a big laugh. It was like, "Oh, who was it who said it into the mic?" Uh. Someone hasn't been on the show. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, right. yeah just a, a comic that we it, won't it, name. It reeked of uh, Lawrence Mooney. No, it, no, yeah, no, no. Really no, it was an absolute accidental thing, but very funny. So there you That's go. Good. It's uh, It did give me a little peep into what may have been, though. The, the, <laughs> laugh, the big a laugh. A real sliding yeah. doors moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Chuckle's choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we mentioned before uh, your, your cavalcade of crazy characters. Yeah. Uh, one of whom, uh, I don't know if people listening, uh, people know this or if they've worked it out or not, but you, of course, for many years were the man behind Guido Hatzis. Yes. A, uh, a, yes. a uh, very popular Australian radio character. Um, yes. Aria winning? Would you like me to prove that? Oh, is this the room for it? Yes, it is. I wasn't oh, saying really? I doubt it. I just, I, oh, that's no, the extent of my research. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to have an actual aria on the show. Going to have a oh. oh, exciting moment for this uh, visual medium. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Oh, and this is the first time anyone's ever said this. Gee, they're heavy, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's not, the, that's oh, not the, the other thing about them, too, is they're heavy and they have a very sharp yeah. pointed spike, yeah. which you give to drug-fueled musicians. Yeah. So yeah. Hand over to them, and, and the edge of that—the edge of it's really sharp as well. Like yes. you could cut like a bit of cheese off the side of that, or something else beginning with C. <laughs> Perhaps well, that's never been done before. Fucking roll. Fourteenth annual Aria Music Awards yes. Best Comedy Release. Do not talk over me, Guido Hatzis. What did yes. you beat out that year in two thousand? Oh, Colin look, Elliott, yeah. Rodney <laughs> Rude, they in that year? <laughs> they might have. Did Rodney Rude? He he sells well. Thanks very much. Um, uh, remind me to tell you the story about going toe-to-toe with Rodney Reed fans on YouTube. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, hey, can you tell us the story about... <laughs> oh, now you've reminded me. Uh, he, I would... Okay, we, we've all had this kind of moment, I guess, as as comedy purists. Yep. Where you self-appoint... Or you, you become the self-appointed comedy police. Um, and because you're right, Tommy, yes, I do write a lot of comedy. And writing comedy is hard, as you guys know, mm-hmm. and coming up with original jokes... Is hard, and when you see somebody, let's say, retread material, yeah, uh, well, that's basically if you look at a Rodney Root act, you know, you've heard 70% of the jokes before, yeah. Um, so I, I got on and kind of made that point. I said a lot of these are really old jokes that uh, I'm quite certain he didn't write, right. And um, so I'm assuming that you're uh, uh, getting on as uh, Tony Kelly, not no, Tony Mosley yeah, yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> well, and, and yes, because of this reason, I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to leave that there. That started a a relative torrent, if I can use that phrase, mm. of vicious responses that came that were like, "Who the fuck do you think you are, you fucking?" Because I've used... And this is just your kids? <laughs> Strangely, after your first visit to the house, they were able to use all of those words. They were... It was one 
invective-filled email after another because I dared to question the integrity, uh, the integrity of, Rodney integrity of the Great Root, and wow. so I, and then I, it just became this baiting thing, and I. I accused them of, let's say, all the stuff I wrote back wasn't very dignified. <laughs> I wasn't proud of myself, Carl. Um, but it, it was it was a lesson that you don't get in. A, don't, don't kind of appoint yourself as, you know, um, Sir Laugh-a-Lot or the, <laughs> the Lord of Mirth. Because, Sir Police-a-Lot. Yeah, because yeah. it's not your job. And B, um, watch out for Rodney Rude fans. Huh. I, I, I'm surprised that they have such an online presence, yeah, Rude yeah. fans. Yeah. They've really stepped into the 2000s. That's... Yeah, because there's no way on earth any of them would be interested in online pornography, for example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or ordering uh, vats of uh, JB and Coke. There'd be, <laughs> no, there'd, no, there'd be none of that. Uh, no, they're, they're there. Yeah, right. Yeah. A friend of mine who uh, actually the T from the uh, we all remember the hilarious Commonwealth Bank Olympic ads. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the yes. guy who played the T in that, he he actually quite likes Rodney Rude and he went to a Rude gig, sat in the front yeah. at, with the sole intent of heckling him. Right. So I was like, so he goes, yeah, I fucking yelled out. I heckled the Rude. I'm like, so what did you say? And he goes, midway through the act, I've gone, you're going a bit grey there, Rude. I'm like, <laughs> you've heckled him in his own voice. Yeah. Like, that is marvellous stuff. And I was like, so what happened? He goes, oh, he just went crazy at me, called me a fat cunt. Yeah. And then at the end, and so like every other joke the rest of the show I laughed at, he'd go, yeah, the big fat cunt's loving that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man, was that, you were right with that? He's like, man, I was loving it. Yeah. I was like, that's, they just go and they just want to be just shat on. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's that kind of crowd. It's that kind of um, exchange. I do like, like, yeah, heckling someone in their own silly voice. Yeah. That's that's what I'm particularly fond of in Trying that Trying to story. impersonate their conscience. You're going to be great there, But So we, I don't know if I've told this, so we, when we were in London uh, filming the ads and stuff, uh, I just started calling, his name's Mark, I just started calling him rude all the time, but every time I wanted his attention, I go, hey, rude. And then this guy's girlfriend happened to be over while we were there as well, so she spent a bit of time with us. And so I kept, um, so I'm calling him rude, then I've just started calling him Mrs. Rude. Yeah. And then I've done that for like two days, and then they're back at the apartment one night, and she's gone to him, to the boyfriend. She goes, hey, why does Tommy keep calling you red? And calling me Mrs. Red? <laughs> she, he's like, no, it's rude. She's like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like, right, how would I be yeah. if you're, I've just met her? Here she is, yeah. Mrs. Red. Like, what a I creepy, like, kind of weird... But I like that that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Oh, yeah. Rude. Oh, yeah, Mrs. Rude. I get uh, that all the time. Yeah. No further questions. Yeah. <laughs> His story well, checks out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mrs. Rude. Um, just looking, I'm not sure if I've told this story. On the uh, the Aria, on the uh, the trophy we have in front of us. Oh, this old thing. The, yeah. <laughs> the... Um, my, I have a friend in a band that won a bunch of Aries, and I think, what were they, like a five-piece or something? Yeah. A six, five or six-piece, and they uh, uh, they went to an Aria night, and they, they happened to clean up that night. Yeah. But the thing was, they had this sort of crazy guy that played percussion on their tour, yeah. who had nothing to do with the album, nothing to do with anything like that, Yeah. and uh, he just sort of turned up at the Arias and went, hey, guys, and he was like... 20 years older than them as well. Like this crazy old guy wearing like a... A hat? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, he did you. have a hat. But there you know go. what? Yeah, he, yes. a, he had a crazy hat because he had... Let's say you're picturing like a racist Chinese <laughs> stereotype from the 50s in yeah. a cartoon somewhere. Yeah. Like a rice paddy hat? Rice paddy hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He rocked up wearing a rice paddy hat. And this guy's <laughs> mid-40s. Mid and what is not... 
ethnically qualified to win. No, no. Yeah, this very... is classic Sir Drums a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. So he turned up and just went, oh, yeah, and they're like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, you can come and sit with us or whatever. Anyway, they just happened to win, like, four awards, four wow. or five awards. They all walked up on stage and he went, oh, well, here we go, and just went up there as well <laughs> and took arias and stuff. Wow. So that, so that, say there was, I don't know, was there four or five members in the, in the band? Anyway, say there was five members in the band, they went up, here's your five arias, and now there's six people because Rice Paddy Head yeah. is there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're giving him one. So they got to the end of the night, they'd won four arias, but they all only had three each, and this guy had four. And he's gone home, never worked with them again or anything. He yeah. toured, toured with them for a couple of months. <laughs> he's sitting somewhere in the uh, western suburbs of Melbourne right now, yeah. age 55, with four of those suckers on his... Uh... So hang on, they got three and he got four. Yeah, they all See, had sort uh, of split Asians are better at maths. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, um, that's, can they not get them back? Because we, when I say we, Jules and I came up with uh, Guido. We won two in a row. So this is the first one, and then the year after this, we won another one. So Jules has got the second one. I've got the first one. Right. Very easy to do. Yeah. You split it that way. Um, but uh, can they not kind of... That relies on you having made a second album, which these blokes have not done. <laughs> yeah. Right, because yeah. they're not yeah. good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second album blues. Yeah. Uh, what do they do about about retrieving them? I, I, I dare think... say the drummers' arias are now in a cash converter somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe. I, don't, I mean, just the way you describe him, I can't see him... I can't see his life having turned out great after that point. Yeah. Those are the kind of life choices he's making. Yeah. Can you Gate really bring... Arias in a rice paddy hat. Can you bring an Aria... Surely that's going to raise some alarm bells. An Aria into a cash converter? Can we experiment later yeah, on with this? I mean, could you chisel this plaque off or... There is a story in the gap of the, there? Uh, the drummer from The Clash, Dr. Hedden. Uh, when he was, if this is about him winning an aria, I think this is a wrong story. Close-ish. Can you go with me? Here? Okay. Um, he he had a, he had a habit to sustain, and he brought in uh, his American Gold Records to oh, the right. cash converters. Oh, wow! And the guy behind said, "Geez, uh, Topper, I mean, really?" And he goes, "It's cool. They're only the American ones. It's the British ones I really care about." <laughs> One week later, who walked through the door uh, with the British ones? Uh, yes, so it does happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think into a cash converter is not even like a high-end collectible record store. Yeah, just the just... cheapest shit as porn store where they're giving you eight bucks. Where yeah. if you go to a proper collector, yeah. you get like proper well, money. Look, you probably could buy both the Aria and the CD. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. that'd be a sweet deal. Uh, if you do want, yeah, the, buy Guido Hatches the album and the aria that came with it. Yeah, we well, um, I think I think they they haven't worried about it because they're the sort of people where I, I, the arias I've seen of theirs in their house are that cliche like literally doorstops in the toilet yeah. stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. they're not like chasing some guy. 17 suburbs away just so they could prop open a window with another one. Um, so getting back to Guido Hatzis, because uh, I, you know, the first time I met you, I was very, I guess, nervous to meet you because Guido was such a big, like, you know, when I was in high school, it was yeah. like massive and like me and my friends were all like just super into it. Like yeah. it was just, you know, just exactly the right time or whatever. Excellent. So I was doing a bit of research and stuff. Even like when I first met you, which was on the previously mentioned TV's The White Room, yes, I was you. just very nervous because every bit of me, there was like 50% of me going, 
don't ask him to do the voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other half of me going, nah, but just do it. Like, right. just yeah. ask. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, but I, I did a bit of looking up yesterday, and I found this on the Guido Hatsis page, that was there a radio station in Denmark that played Guido Hatsis? I'm not sure about... It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I was doing calls um, to Ireland. Right. Uh, so they were being played in Ireland and in New Zealand, which proves that small ex-dominions of the British Empire <laughs> with populations of about three and a half million who spoke English were very pop- were very keen on Guido Hatsis. Right, right. So it was, um, uh, to answer your, your general point though, Tommy, yes, it was export quality comedy. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I just found that funny as a cultural thing that Denmark would would even get what the character of Guido Hatzis is. Well, I I think they'd they'd get um, kind of stupid, self-opinionated... Yeah, the arrogant stuff. Ethnic people are idiots. That's Um, the main point. Well, (laughs) some are. are. Obviously not all. But the, uh, the BBC called up about Guido... Uh, they, about 10 years ago, as an example... He hasn't been of, named in this recent court case as well, has he? No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, he was a lot less hands-on, let's say, than, <laughs> than a really evil, perverted guy. But they rang up, and um, so uh, I think Jules heard it. I don't think I ever heard it, but in his uh, description it was something like, no. BBC. <laughs> the character from Australia who does prank calls who goes by the name of Guido Hatzer. <laughs> and they go, it's so heard on the BBC. Thanks right. for that. Oh, Guido wow. Hatzer's yeah. on, the, on the World Service Can in the middle of the night yeah. announcing the soccer scores. Queen's Park Rangers too much. Yeah, there it is, Tommy. Um, because that's the thing, like, you know, I, I don't know how deep into this we want to get, probably not too much, but, you know, this, this prank call stuff that's that's uh, going on at the moment. So yeah. it's very interesting to be talking to you around this time because yeah. was, there was even a... There, I remember on one of the CDs I had, there was a, a, a call where Guido... At, you called up Buckingham Palace? Yes. Like, you actually got through to Buckingham yeah. Palace? Yeah. Yes. And there's no question there. It's just me being <laughs> impressed no... with my own memory. Oh, good, yes. Yeah, there are other calls on, on that. Ah, yeah. that was See, a the, sweet segue. Are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were. There were. Uh, no, but I mean, like, I just, I guess, I, like, I, I don't know how, like, if we want to get too deep into it, but, like, are you are you, you taking you, a particular interest in this thing? Because do you, you, you I, I did that sort of do you genuinely so think they can go back through the history and still nab you for this call? Well, look, this is an exclusive, and I don't tell a lot of people this because it kind of breaks the spell a bit. That was actually, that was staged. Oh, OK. Oh. That one was, and I'm... And I, hand on heart, that was the only staged one that, that kind of got, that was put on a CD because you can't, right. and this is the thing, we were, we couldn't put out the album without releases. Mm. And this is why the guys uh, at the moment are in so much trouble. They played the call without a release and mm. you're screwed if you do that. You don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. And if it blows up, then you are fucked five ways from Sunday. Yeah. As, as has happened. Their mistake was to play it. I heard the call. There's nothing wrong with the call. There was nothing harsh about it. It was so obviously played for laughs. It was a bit of a giggle. Yeah. I guess ethically they screwed up by going, okay, she's in hospital, and what she had was quite a serious medical condition. Yeah. Um, that's That was the first kind of hurdle that they... Where they should have been felled, for example, they should have they should have maybe yeah. checked themselves there. That said, it was a very gentle call. There wasn't anything harsh about it. You've heard Guido calls how harsh they can be. Mm. 
Um, and they hung up, and it was a great get. The only problem was they didn't get permission for it. Yeah. And if you don't, um, then, you, yeah, like I said, you're screwed. So are you suggesting, a la you with the staged Buckingham Palace call, yeah. are you suggesting that this Indian nurse is just a character that Osterio have created? Yes. And this is all yeah. part of it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Wow. And she's... I think so, the, mo- the most important thing here is that the faked... Guido Hatz's call. I think the uh, the Guido Hatz's CDs and cash converters are going to be plummeting down the charts. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see Boz Skaggs I, just I, overtaking I, it very I, easily. I, I wouldn't be at all. Yes, I would be. I'm not a huge Boz Skaggs fan. No, I can, as I said, hand on heart, that one, possibly one other, no more than two, were, um, were because... Because did you, of the did you do a Buckingham Palace one and it, you, you didn't get the through, release you or you just didn't get through? Get, okay. You get through and you get you get somebody at the front desk who's heard it all before yeah, and and just hangs up on you. So the minute you have someone just for prank calls at the Palace. You would sure. imagine <laughs> that by now they sure. Yeah. So you, you ring up and, yeah, mate, I want to speak to the Queen, mate. <laughs> yeah. Put her on the phone now because, uh, mate, it's a cousin from Australia, mate. And they go, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and they hang up. And that's what you get. You're not going to play a 15-second call. Oh, I want to speak to the good. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. nobody. So, yeah. so, uh, so what you do is you get somebody who, and the guy we got is extremely talented. He's fantastic. And uh, did a great, just did a great job. And it's also because, and to go back to the, the two guys who, uh, who now no longer have... Radio careers, you are under um, you're under pressure to provide content for your show and mm. to provide talking points and to get web hits and all that sort of stuff. So there is a certain degree of manufactured, uh, well, not manufactured, it's actual um, pressure to to provide real talking point um, content. Yeah, and um, uh, you remember that call. Mm. It doesn't really matter whether or not there may have been some trickery. But like I said before, I guarantee even, you that, that 98% of them... But even the genuine ones, and this is the thing I, I realised when I was listening back to some of them yesterday, is that or, like the, one, the bunch that I listened to yesterday, I forgot just how much everyone that you called is sort of like in on the joke within yeah. five seconds. There's yeah. a whole bunch where the people are just laughing. It's not about yeah. hoodwinking them. It's just about... You've got these lines that you're yeah. just slinging at them. True. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I don't it's know not... which ones you were listening to. Um, I, I think I just happened to listen to a bunch in a row. It was all people right. that were that knew that you were like the plumber and the oh, okay. clothes shop and. Well, see, the the plumber one was uh, kind of interesting because he didn't. He just had the most fantastic laugh ever. Yeah. And I think kind of cottoned on within within about thirty seconds. You're right that the person speaking was a was an idiot, and just kind of went along with it. I just like he's loving it so much yeah. that you go. He goes, "What's your name?" and you say Guido Hatzis, and then he's just losing it, <laughs> yeah. and then you just go, "Do not laugh at my name." <laughs> <laughs> and that well, that was pretty early on. That one, by, right. by the second album, people knew, so it was harder to prank them. Yeah, yeah, and that, I guess that's what is that why you sort of eventually retired it because yeah, there's no one it was too, you could, yeah, you know, it's too big. So what and what uh, you'd be making, you know, maybe fifteen twenty calls and getting. One so so one, and what you what happened a lot was people putting you on speakerphone and, and that, scaring their mates. Yeah, 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 right, right. right. So that's that's not fun. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah. So we've talked about <clears throat> that recent incident, which was uh, obviously a tragedy. Yeah. Speaking of tragedies, the White Room. Let's get on to. Yeah, I'm bang up for this. Let's talk. <laughs> no. Now. Now, uh, uh, it, it, Royal Nurse thing, I think, can stay in, but, oh, geez, talking about the White Room, that's yeah. going to be patchy. Yeah. We can leave that in the episode. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get this bit cleared through legal, obviously. Yeah. We've learned from that. 
Now, I, I thought I had some white room paraphernalia oh. here, but I don't, I don't think I do. Now, the white room for white uh, room. new listeners or people, even even old listeners, because, you know, blink and you miss it. Um, yeah. This Still is how we, we met. We uh, Tommy and I were, were researchers on, on the white room. It was a show that's, what, two years ago now, I think? We, uh, uh, 2010, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It went for, was broadcast for two weeks, but we worked on it, I guess, for three months or something yeah, like that. that yeah, three, right. Was it three episodes filmed? No. We two filmed, made it to air? No, we filmed about six. Oh. So somewhere in the vaults of Channel 7. And that's got to be pretty rare, a show that has more unaired episodes yeah. than aired episodes. Than aired, yeah. 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 And especially with they've got seven two and seven mate, and they still haven't come out. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Thought, that thought has struck me before. And that's possibly <laughs> one of the most uh, in a, you know, in a, I guess, um, a competing set of depressing outcomes that that ranks up there pretty high. Right. Although, uh, look, here's here's my thing on that, and I was I don't mean to sound offensive, but it's all, it's almost like I have to defend a show that well. That you guys worked on a lot of really good people yeah, worked on. Yeah, for yeah sure. a lot of people uh, from this show, like a, a Declan Fay, Nick yeah. Maxwell. A lot of podcasts have come out of that show. Yeah, yeah. Declan yeah. Fay, Nick so Maxwell, Sweetest Plum. The Sweetest Plum was born out of that. Dave yep. Thorne was a panelist. Yes, Lawrence Mooney was, was a panelist. Yeah, yeah. George McEnroe, Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a great bunch of people. Um, we Now, what was the audience figure that we were axed on? Uh, was it six? I don't know. Have a guess. 600,000? No, it'd be less than that. Have a guess. I want you to lock in a figure. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with maybe four, 400,000. Carl. And this is on your last, on the last episode? Last. It's the second episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 650. Okay. We were over 813,000 oh, wow. when we got axed. Now, if you did a show to a mere two years later, yeah. 813,000 nationally... Yep. Would be That's a hit. A, yeah, would I be know. a really yeah. respectable outcome, and we got we got an, a, an absolute we got torn a new one by some really vicious people in the Herald Sun. Yeah, um, Siobhan Duck and uh, some other idiot who writes for TV there. And I noticed you bringing up a Siobhan yeah. Duck article yeah, on Twitter a, the other day. Yes, so a, this is a, a long-standing really petty, rivalry. Yeah. No, it's not a rivalry. It was a really petty payback uh, on my part. So I was like, <laughs> Kelly and the Duck. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll, I'll stick my hand up there and own, and own that one. But we were, uh, you know, um, the the show they just ripped into it. Mm. The show employing a lot of good people was employing a lot of female comedians as well. Um, I'm not saying we should be cheered through the streets for that, but geez, how about giving a, a locally made show a go? Although, look, you know, I've thrown enough mud in my time, so I guess um, some of it's got to come back. But my point being, at 813, that was not anything yeah, to be ashamed that's of. Because I had the same thing when I worked on TV Burp, which was yeah. the year before, which, yeah. which at the time was seen as getting low numbers and the things that come out now where it's like, wow, this is a hit. Yeah. It's like, get it's it just the standards are just going down and that's down. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's and crazy. So, um, and we weren't... We The problem was in the show, we had no kind of backing upstairs. We had no real... We had no one person kind of really sticking their neck out for the show, just saying, stick with it. Okay, we'll tweak it in the long run. If we stay with it, we're going to, you know, we're going to get a, a decent show here. But we had... I guess we had a set that was hard to look at. Um, oh, and man. we had we had really meddlesome, know-nothing executives over our shoulders the whole time. And that was the fascinating thing for me, and, and the reason it, it looms large in my memories, you know, I'd never worked hands-on on a TV show like that before, particularly not in an office. Yeah. And to come in and see this show starting and going yeah, you know, up the a, hill and then it yeah, goes on air and then 
crash of it, but to yeah. see everyone putting their two cents in worth and seeing yeah. this is exactly how not to do a show. It was, <laughs> yeah, TV show by committee. And yeah. so there was no... There was no kind of one person saying, this is my creative vision, leave me alone and let me do yeah. it. There was just a lot of people who were prepared to buckle. And and so, you you know, in the end we had, um, I think uh, Declan tells a story, we had uh, a question about the Simpsons taken out because uh, according to one uh, very senior executive who worked on the show, nobody watches it. Right. <laughs> nobody knows who the Simpsons are. It hasn't quite entered the uh, pop culture lexicon yet, has it? No. no. From a give bloke the... making The White Room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a female, actually. Oh. But give, give the show another 20 years and people might know who it is. The other thing, too, was um, on the second the second ep, uh, somebody from Pack to the Rafters was asked a question about Pack to the Rafters. <laughs> How on earth were they going to get that? <laughs> yeah, I ask you. Well, we've talked. I think we've told this a few times, but there was the famous recording day where we've we've, we've shot an episode, yeah. and no one had told Lawrence Mooney that the show was going to be airing in a PG time slot, and there were a right. lot of questions to do with nudity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So Mooney's just a red rag to a ball yeah. gone off, and they've gotten to the they've waited till the end of the record to go. We're going to need to do that all again yeah. and try to make the audience stick behind and watch something that I don't know if they enjoyed that much in the first yeah. place. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was that kind of um, attention to detail. A lot of good people were going to. show. One day we'll all get together and we'll make the telemovie of The White Room, of behind the scenes of The White Room. Well, what, yeah. what I liked about it is because we're doing researching, we our job there for three months was basically to go into the, the bowels of Channel 7 and just watch... Uh, endless episodes of uh, uh, Blue Healers yeah. and uh, telethons from the 70s and stuff like that. And one tape that just kept bobbing up in my pile was the original pilot for The White Room 10 years earlier oh, or whatever. Yeah, with yeah. Charlie Pickering. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which I found amusing just from the whole thing of, uh, you know, maybe The White Room was uh, uh, after its time instead of before its time. Like, <laughs> they, they just lazily looked at it and gone... Uh, yeah, I don't know about this. And then seven years later, just gone. Yeah, in hindsight, yes. Yeah. Maybe. Instead of showing Darling Buds of May again, let's let's put this on. Well, uh, we were one of I think four shows piloted that year, and three got up, and the three of them lasted an average of about three weeks. And what were they? I think it was the it was the chat room. I think with uh, oh, I think Tony yeah. Wilson was in that. Yeah, and remember that. Matt Tilly. Um, and uh, I think there was Greeks on the Roof with Angus Sampson oh, yeah. doing a Greek character who breakdanced. I mean, who would have... Where did you get that idea? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Oh, gosh, bro. Oh, he's in the Siobhan yeah. Duck category. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was one other one that I can't remember, and, yeah, so none of them... So we were, we were perhaps fortunate, or <laughs> not, not, to get, not to have got up that year, um, but then the whole kind of uh, trivia or, or nostalgia-based thing with Specs and Specs took off. Yeah. So we may, um, yeah, you're right. We may not have picked the wave. We may have picked both. Yeah, the the wrong end of the wave. Yeah, right. As, as you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Either way, TV was obviously not ready for a show that brave. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be my quote. Even the white room, when we walk around the office and say to the producers, well, "So why is it called the white room?" Eh, we don't know. Like yeah. there was never any. Mm. There was never the any only, reason. The, the only time I got an answer was when someone would say, "Oh, you know, like that song," and I'm like, "What song?" And they're like, oh, "I don't know." <laughs> well, because the set's white, yeah. But like, what you had a white set, and then yeah. you, you thought to call it that? How? Yeah. 
How has there are different worked? coloured sets going around. They're not always <laughs> named. The show isn't named after that fact. Yeah. yeah. It was good times, though. Happy times. Happy times. Good... Do you miss it? Do you miss the... It was a great group. Like, yeah. just being in an office with Declan and Nick was heaps of fun. Well, what was good that keeps getting brought up is that you, Tommy, had to go to Adelaide by the end of it. And, uh, oh, there this was... has just fucking haunted me more than anything else. <laughs> it just get, got one day... No, it was like a weekend. It was like a Friday. And one of the producers, Jed Wood, TV's Jed Wood, yeah. came up to me and said... Where's Tommy? And I'm like, he hasn't been here all week. He's finished. He's gone to Adelaide. And he goes, he didn't tell me. I'm like, oh, this is all going well. <laughs> I when I got offered the job, I said, when will it go to? And he went, well, you know, we don't. Know. It'll depend if we get renewed. And I said, well, I'm going to Adelaide on this date to do shows. Yeah. So I'll be away for that week. If it's still going when I get back, whatever. I'll you know I'll come back. But yeah. And then leading up to it, I said, hey, so I'm going. Friday's my last day, I'll be gone. Yeah. He's like, yep, yep. And then I'm in Adelaide for a week and I get a call from him going, hey, where are you? I'm like, I've been in Adelaide for a week now. And he goes, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, well, I told you that. And he goes, oh, well, I'm just calling to say the show's been cancelled. <laughs> right. Thanks for the call, Jed. Yeah. And that keeps coming back. I keep hearing from people, oh, yeah, apparently when you worked on the White Room, you just bloody buggered off one day. You just you just stopped going in. You just left. You just you were the rat. Yeah, we were the sinking ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, mate. I would have been. I would have been more than happy to be the guys still playing the violins as the ship's going down. But you did. You did miss out on a lot of episodes of MacGyver that I watched in that week. So <laughs> we had two men on board. Maybe the, sh- the ship wouldn't have sunk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But see, uh, you turned tail and fled. Yeah. You're a traitor. To yeah. Adelaide of all places. Yeah. yeah, wow. You were doing the Adelaide Festival, were you? I was, yeah. Okay, yep. excellent. Yep. Made a sweet $37, so that was worth it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're Fine. only in it for the money, yeah. to be yeah. honest. Um, let's bring this up, because when we were in your kitchen before, uh, uh, Dipper got bought up. Yes. Oh, and yeah. uh, you said, remind... It featured in a breakup of mine. Yeah, yeah. Dipper, um, the, uh, the the great, the Brownlow medalist, AFL yeah, footballer. One of the gutsiest footballers ever to play the game. And th- this is a hoary story of mine. Uh, you've heard a few this afternoon. Um, I was <laughs> I was dating a girl, and we were at the uh, we were at the Grand Prix. Um, we were. I had a backstage pass. Wow. It was a sweet. It was a sweet day. Is this uh, Adelaide Grand Prix? No, this is Melbourne. All oh, right. And uh, this is about ninety seven. And um, Dipper was backstage as well. And while this this girl was there, I said, uh, El McPherson was over there, and then there was, you know, such and such here. And I just had, I just made a beeline for Dipper. I tried explaining to her, I, I, this is af- after what happened, happened. I went up and I said, Dipper, look, my mum is a massive Hawthorne supporter. She would love to get your autograph. And uh, he signed it, da 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 da. Later on that night, after we were home, she sat me down and said, it's just not going to work. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I, I, can't, I can't be with somebody who just fawns over Robert Tippier to medicine. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Wow. And I, very, I was shocked, but I patiently tried to explain. I don't know if you ever have to a woman the 1989 grand final <laughs> about what... Just what a Wagnerian drama that was. If uh, you if can try to explain how somebody plays with a punctured lung yeah. and broken ribs, yeah. and you know, like he and Dermy shooing trainers away, staying on the field, and then winning. 
that that yeah that, that is a Herculean effort that that almost boggles the mind. And he was a great player. Or even just to say, hey, he's the bloke from Dimmies. Well, <laughs> that was the argument I kept in my back pocket. <laughs> By that stage, I'd lost her, and so that was it. That was that was the end of the relationship. Wow. We did date again later on, but um, but that was that Dipper. was a legitimate. I reckon he'd be in the middle of a couple of breakups. Probably not as obscure reasons for that, but yeah, <laughs> he, he may have. I don't know. He his seduction technique would be. Um, but see, now that would never happen because you'd go. It's that guy from Excess Baggage on Channel Nine. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Go have your chat. No, yeah, exactly. Do what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Excess Baggage. That was one week longer than White Room. So you know, <laughs> yeah. remember that. Oh, well, next time. Well, next time I meet him, I'm going to have to. Find the secret then for staying in a fortnight. Well, guys, that does bring us to the end of the little dum dum club for another week. Tony Merkley, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, in my own house. In your you. own house. Well, yeah, thank it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of running on autopilot yeah. there. Uh, guys, hit us up, little dum dum club at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at dum dum club. We're on Facebook. Uh, send us an email if you'd like a t shirt. We've still got plenty of them for sale. Yep. And uh, we've, got, you all... we've got tickets, tickets on sale now for Brisbane. Oh, yeah, for Brisbane yeah. Comedy Festival. We're up there. Our solo shows yep. and our uh, live podcast yep. in Brisbane. I'm on sale for the Adelaide Fringe Festival. If you go to adelaidefringe.com.au, check that out. And we will see you next time. See you, mates.